Our reading this evening is Jonah chapter 2. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight. Yet I shall look again upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped about my head at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you, into your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love, but I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah up out upon the dry land. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Although Jonah didn't really die, if you asked him, he would say that he basically did. This is a story of death and resurrection. A story in the first place of Jonah's death and resurrection. But it's a much bigger story than that. It's a story of Israel's death and resurrection of Jesus' death and resurrection. And so also, it is a story of our death and resurrection. You could say that although Jonah didn't really die, he basically did. He was as good as dead. And that's what he says as he reflects on what it's like to be in the belly of that fish. He doesn't think of it as the belly of a fish, but the belly of Sheol. That's the proper name for the grave. It's the dark place under the ground where the worms come to eat you where nothing is left but bones. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, for not the sailors on the boat, but you, O Lord, you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves, God's waves and God's billows, passed over me. It's a story of death and resurrection. In this case, the death, as far as Jonah is concerned, the death is death brought about by God. The Lord kills and the Lord makes alive. It's the Lord who cast him into the deep. It's the Lord who put him into the belly of Sheol, the Lord who has left him in the grave. I'm driven away from your sight. That's how David talks about the grave in the Psalms. He says, if I'm in the grave, then I'm out of your sight. How can I praise you when I'm buried in the ground? David pleads with God so often that he would not be driven from his sight, that the countenance of God would shine upon him. Jonah was in the grave. He was in the belly of Sheol. He had been cast into the deep by God because of his rebellion. Simple as that. Just plain rebellion. God said, go to Nineveh, and Jonah said, I won't. He fled. He went away. But he knew, he knew in his heart of hearts that he could not escape God. And so when the storm came up on the sea and the boat was tossed to and fro and the sailors were all panicking, saying, cry out to your God and maybe your God will save us, Jonah knew it was about him. He knew it was because he had rebelled. 
It was, he knew it was because he had put God to the test. He heard God's words, and he found himself thinking, but did God really say? Did God really mean it? And God's response is, here's the grave. He tosses Jonah into the waves, into the deep, the heart of the sea. I am driven away from your sight, Jonah says. He is sitting there in the pit. That's the cost of Jonah's rebellion. He was to be a light to the nations, a light to the people of Assyria, that wicked city Nineveh. He was to come, calling them to repentance in the hopes that they would hear of God's mercy and believe and turn from their wicked ways. He was supposed to be a light to the Gentiles, but instead his light was put out as those sailors tossed him into the sea, as God tossed him into the sea. His only hope when that fish swallows him up His only hope is that it is an act of mercy from God. His only hope is to appeal to the mercy of God. Now, sometimes we misunderstand the mercy of God. And we think that God is slow to anger and abounding in mercy in this way, that he's just kind of a pushover, that we can always just come back to him and he'll always do exactly the same thing he did before, that we can put him to the test. We can put him to the test and he will always respond to that test just the way we want him to with kindness and compassion and love. But Jesus himself, when confronted by the devil, says, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Jesus himself did not throw himself from the building, from the pinnacle of the temple, to find out whether God's angels would bear him up, lest he dash his foot against a stone. That's not how the mercy of God works. It works like this. You can really only appeal to the mercy of God when you are dead. That is, when you recognize that you are sitting in the depths of the grave. When hell is your destination, when the grave is not going to let you go, when there is nothing left for you, when there is nothing left for you but God's love, that's when you can appeal for mercy. That's what genuine repentance looks like. Jonah repented. Not because he was playing an angle, not because he thought he could get something out of God, but because it was all he had left. God had brought him low. In his mercy, God had brought him low so that Jonah had nothing left to do but cry out to God. I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord. My prayer came to you into your holy temple. And this is the point at which Jonah confesses marvelously what vanity it was for him to try to escape from God. Those who pay regard to vain idols, those who follow the desires of their hearts, They forsake the hope of steadfast love, for it is only God himself, the Lord God, who is steadfast in his love and who shows kindness and mercy to his people. And so Jonah repented. And in that repentance, it's a resurrection. Now, it's kind of a strange resurrection, being vomited out on the seashore by this fish. Or really, another way to put it is that he was cast out of the fish, cast out of the fish, kind of like a demon is cast out of a person like Jesus was cast out into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Jonah was sent back from the grave. That's what resurrection looks like. That's what repentance does. It draws us out of the grave. God himself calls us to life like he called Lazarus out of the tomb when Jesus told them to roll away the stone four days too late. And he spoke into the tomb and Lazarus came out. That's what's happening here. Jonah has been brought back to life. Now, the question that we'll see answered next week is what does Jonah do with that new life? It's a new start. He's going to be given the same command. 
go to Nineveh, that great city, and call its repentance. Will he listen this time? Will he do better this time? Will he live the new life that has been given to him? Or, or will he be the same Jonah he was before? That's what we'll find out next week, but there's more going on than Jonah's death and resurrection today. More going on in this story. It's also a story of Israel's death and resurrection. The prophet is always a prophet to speak to the people as a whole. And Jonah is speaking to the people quite in spite of himself. He's speaking to Israel about what is going to happen to them if they continue to rebel. If they continue to follow the desires of their own heart, they will find themselves just like Jonah did in the belly of a great fish. Except instead of that fish being a fish that swims in the sea, it will be a great fish like Assyria, the nation that Jonah is going to preach to. That nation will come and swallow them up. It will swallow them up and it will seem like they are in the grave, like they are left for dead. The hope is that Israel will repent just like Jonah did, that from the belly of that great fish they will call out to God and be given mercy, that they will remember the Lord and cry to him and he will hear them from his holy temple. Jonah's life, again, quite in spite of himself, was to be a sign to the people of Israel. Although he should have listened to God, God used his rebellion as a sign for the people. So every time the people of Israel heard the story of Jonah, they thought to themselves, or could have thought, this is exactly what's happening to us. That great nation that God has appointed, just like he appointed that great fish, that great nation is coming after us. And then when they were in exile, when they were sent away, they could have thought, here we are, far from home, in the darkness, the weeds are surrounding us. If only God would hear us and save us. But it's not just a sign for the people of Israel, Jonah's life, his death and resurrection. It's not just a sign for the people of Israel. It's also a sign for the people who are listening to Jesus. So maybe you remember this from the Gospels. The people come to Jesus asking him for a sign. Some of the scribes and the Pharisees, Teacher, we wish to see a sign from you. But he answered them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The fish, which was for Jonah a grave, is just like the tomb of Jesus, except Jesus is cast there not for his own rebellion, but for ours. He's thrown overboard and the waves swallow him up, not because he has run away from God, but because we have. And there he endures, having God's sight turned away from him, God's face cast away from him. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But three days and three nights is all there is, for he comes out of the tomb, not being spat out as though just rejected by the grave, but victorious, having defeated death and hell once and for all. Jesus is the true and better Jonah. That's what Jesus himself says. He says, Solomon was a wise man, and someone wiser than Solomon is here. Jonah was in the belly of the whale for three days, and someone better than Jonah is here. For Jesus comes with good news, not just for the city of Nineveh, not just with a sign for Israel, but with a sign for all of us. That three days in the tomb is all it took for him to conquer the grave once and for all. And so Jonah really is a sign for us. It's a sign that we can see described by St. Paul in Romans chapter 6 when he talks about your baptism. Don't you know that all of you who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were buried with him? You were buried with him so that you can rise with him. 
And your baptism signifies this, that daily the old man, that is that rebellious Jonah inside of you who wanders away from God, seeking the desires of his own heart, that old Jonah, that old Adam, should be drowned and die every day, along with all sins and evil desires, so that a new man can arise to live before God in righteousness and purity forever. It's amazing how in this simple story, these four chapters of Jonah, we can see signified not just the death and resurrection of one man, this prophet of Israel, but the death and resurrection of Israel and our Lord and our own death and resurrection as well. So we should take from this this lesson. We should become accustomed to praying the way Jonah does. Not because you're going to be swallowed by a whale or because a foreign nation is going to come and conquer you or because you're going to be laid in a tomb like Jesus was, but because daily we should pray that God would put to death our sinful nature, that he would put it to death and that out of that distress, out of the anguish of repentance, we can cry to God for mercy and he will hear us, that he will forgive all of our sins that we can pay our sacrifices of thanksgiving to him, that we can offer our vows and say, with Jonah and with all Christians throughout the world, salvation belongs to the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.